Yeah, whatever. Anyway, because we have a lot of you at this school, the board wants us to try something called restorative justice, whatever that means. I could also I could almost hear the guy's other guy's eyes roll. I straightened my shoulders and leaned forward. The middle-aged white man in front of me continued. Rose opened her eyes to a great building, astonished. The bus had pulled up and parked alongside a wall of windows and brick. There were lights all along the exterior of the first floor, throwing shadows up high to the third floor. The school was alive in its size, making the sky seem like a dark puddle. What's that sound? asked Laru. We're not sure, said the director. Kinda loud, said Jimmy. Yes, it was bothering some of the patrons. Sort of like laughing, said Laru. What do you think, Jimmy? Jimmy put his ear against the totem pole and listened. It's sort of like a chant. Maybe it's Druidic. Jesus Christ, Ted Robinson would yell. How do you even fit this ass on the toilet, lady? Everyone would laugh, slipping on the flattened snow around their victim as they tied her up securely, as if she would run away, as if she could run away. Then hoisting their prey like a submissive pig on a spit, they would start up the side of the snowy hill. So welcome to episode one of The Digital Dish. And today we're going to be talking about indigenous short stories that we read and our views on them. So what were what was your guys' short story about? Like what was the summary? Um, so my name is Vidan and the short story that I read was The Bead Fairy. And it was pretty much on uh about the progression of a young girl in grade two who works her way around the school and grows up understanding the way uh why people act the way they do. And so she discovers um these magical beads that kind of bring happiness and yeah. Mm -hmm. My name is Varsha and I read the short story Undercover. It's basically about um, the journey that an Anishinaabe boy goes through and how he gets racist remarks from when he goes to the new school and like he gets into conflicts with um, other kids in the school and the whole story is just about his journey of being a new kid at a school and being Indigenous. Mm -hmm. My name is Rada and my story is Wildflowers and it's about two lives connected by a brief experience between like two ch children in prison at residential schools. The story flips back and forth from the like, perspective of Rose or Lewis. My name is Hannah and Totem, is, I read the story Totem. Totem is about a totem pole in a museum. This totem pole made a lot of noise and the customers found it disturbing. So they had it taken down and the next day a new totem pole grew in the same spot, making a different noise. And pretty much the cycle continued of them cutting it down every day until they just decided to leave it be. Interesting. What, so what, what made your story interesting to read? Like, were there any creative elements? Um, so for my story, there was a lot. Uh, there was a good use of similes, metaphors, and imagery. And I have a quote for this. So the truth was, we didn't care if we had to sell our own grandparents or follow a strict code of ageist ethics for the beads. The unknown magic was better than the known med mediocrity any day. We needed the beads. They were like Christmas and summer vacation at once. And so this is a good use of a metaphor. And uh, like when they say it was like Christmas and summer vacation at once, it helps me understand how mm -hmm. school was really pale and how when these beads were found, 
um, it really brought happiness to students. Yeah, that makes sense. For me, there were like um, a lot of creative elements, um, but one of them was he sent us home for the rest of the day. I took my time ba walking back to our family's abode. The early afternoon sun beamed proudly from the late summer sky. The air was sweet with lush foliage. So this quotation, like you could imagine the boy like walking home in the sun and it gives like this whole imagery and it like, it has like imagery for like the smell and like what you're supposed to see. So I feel like um, that's a creative part from my book. Well, what made my story like interesting to read, it was like a brand new perspective, like into residential schools. It conveyed like the dark reality of it and like the mistreatment and like the imprisonment of the students, although it did have some like heartwarming events, but it took it like in an interesting approach. And the story like flips back and forth from the perspective of Rosa Lewis that I thought that was like pretty creative. And but it didn't make it a difficult story to read. It was like it had strong imagery and that let you feel their side of the story and like learn their different personalities. So since like the perspectives were like flipping back and forth, like how did you know, like, like did they, like how did they indicate whose perspective it was if it kept flipping back and forth? Uh, well, I'm not sure how to explain it, but like, well, you could, uh, they also uh, show their thoughts in a way and how mm -hmm. they think of the other person. Like in, um, from Lewis, you could see that it was his perspective because when he was planning to meet Rose and he was like going down the stairs, he was thinking of her. So you could tell that right. it, was, it was Lewis' perspective. And for like Rose, it, like her, you could see her thoughts of how she looked at Lewis and like how he looked like. So like it, you could see that it was like Rose' perspective in a way. Yeah, that makes sense. Why I found my story interesting was probably because of the way Thomas King wrote it. He wrote it in a way where it first captured the audience's attention and built a suspense, which got the audience curious and wouldn't want to stop reading. In fact, I think that was the fastest I read. I consider myself as a bookworm, and I have read many books where the suspense is built up to the point where the readers lose interest. So in my opinion, the amount of suspense in totem was perfect. Mm -hmm. And Thomas King is a really famous writer, so completely agree with you about the suspense. Yeah. Uh, what do you think was the most important part in your story? Um, so for me, I think the most important part of my story was when um, one of the other girls, Rachel Greener, uh, she, was she was bullied often by grade eights in the school because she was fat. And then one day when she didn't show up for school, uh, the class realized that her father had died and they felt empathy for her. And so um, they, I guess they really realized that they shouldn't, they shouldn't bully her in any way because she's facing problems at home too, which is why she may be different from the rest of the students. Yeah, that makes sense. So for me, um, what the most important part of my story is the end where the protagonist and the antagonist made up they don't say their names in the story which makes it annoying but it's there's also like a suspense at the end for that um so to give you context um the antagonist is a white boy and he got into the fight with the protagonist who's the anishinaabe boy and he, um he was at his locker and he was smelling sweet grass which is something that's a part of Anishinaabe culture and the white boy is like yeah why are you smelling the grass and blah blah and then they got into a fight 
And so uh, because of this fight, they had to go to this uh, session, which is like this circle um, that the principal sent them to, which is a part of reconciliation. So they go in the circle and they do these ceremonies and like talk and stuff. So at the end, um, both of them apologize to each other. And the white boy is like, yeah, I'd like to learn more and like have a do over. And I feel like that's the most important part because like I like not every story should have a like a perfect bow at the end but i think this is this gives like a new moral that your your thinking can shift and change and i think that's important for readers to know yeah and i completely agree with you because i think it's important to resolve conflicts without fighting and the way that they talked it out uh it was it's really interesting yeah yeah and i find it interesting too because you will learn that um like ignorant people would kind of stay like rude or ignorant but over here you see that how he learned and he wants to like improve himself yeah what was the important part in your story rita well i think like the most important part of my story was like towards the end which was pretty hopeful and it showed like despite like the trauma and the tragedies of residential school there's like a nice message towards the end about like remembering drawing strength and like moving forward it's all about like focusing on like the right events and looking at them the right way. And like putting this way makes it like sound easy, but in reality, like there's, it's really tough to move on from these like kind of things. And like this whole approach is very difficult, but like Lewis seemed to have managed. And you could see yes. when he's like has his own family, he has like his wife and children and he's looking at his child and he's smiling. And that was like really like heartwarming. But he also still remembers residential school because he also reflects on Rose and like imagines her. But I found that like interesting, like we should celebrate the ones who've moved forward. Yeah, like celebrate the ones who've been resilient, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah, what was the most important part in your story? For me, the most important part in Totem was the beginning. This was where it was discovered that this totem pole wasn't meant to be a part of the exhibit. And when they went to move the totem pole, they found out that the totem pole went right through the ground. They had then decided to cut it down and the next day it grew back once again. I find it important because this is when the problem seemed to begin and that is when they realized that the museum was built around the totem pole. Right, so they cut it off and then it grew back again. Yeah, it, and like um, the first time it was like making some weird noises, which sounded like chanting. And then like as it kept growing back, it made different noises each time. Yeah, I think this really shows that like the museum, I guess, was built around and how I guess it destroyed the totem pole's home. And so it's expressing its emotions by crying. Yeah. Do you think this symbolizes anything? Yeah, I guess it like I guess the uh, author was trying to symbolize how indigenous people felt when they were like pushed off of their own homeland into reserves. Yeah, I feel like that's good because like not every story like has like a direct conflict, but like I think your story has like a conflict, but it's like symbolic. So the reader has to figure out, but it's not that hard to figure out because like it's more evident but it also makes it interesting to have um, like a symbolic meaning to your story. Yeah. So what part of the story struck out to you guys the most? Um, so for my story, it was when, so I have a quote to go along with it. Uh, Bead digging is like gambling. Once you get a taste for winning, that adrenaline lace shiver of getting something for nothing, you can't wait to go back for more. And so this was basically what the protagonist said when her, 
her and a friend were digging for these new beads. And so I think the part that struck out to me the most was when uh, she decided to give these beads to the boy that she loved. And, but when she did give it to uh, him, he acted out in front of their entire class and was, I guess, angry that people gave him beads. And so, and the girl felt really embarrassed. And so this was really surprising about how she thought that he would, I guess, enjoy having these new colorful beads, but instead she was embarrassed because he was so angry with her. Why was he angry with her just for giving him beads? Yeah, I guess he didn't really understand that she liked him and he acted out in front of the entire class. And I guess it was just really embarrassing for her. Yeah, that's like an experience to go through. Yeah. Would you say that's like a turning point in the story? Like things shifted then? Yeah, I guess it was because after that event, I guess she completely forgot about the boy and because I guess he just ignored her too often and she her feelings for him kind of just faded away and she's like there's no there's no point like trying anymore because like he doesn't care exactly for my story um something that struck out was like um when the rest of the indigenous kids in the circle were surprised that the boy knew how to do the cultural ceremony just because he looked white so i have a quote to go with this so it still festered in my head though. I felt the blood simmer in my forehead and at the back of my neck. No matter how stoic my expression, I could never hide those emotions. That's because I'm fair. I look like a white kid. My mom, and, my mom is Anishinaabe and my dad is white, but I look more like my dad. My whole life, no one has ever believed me when I told them I'm native. So like this is like internalized stereotyping because like at the circle, there's like all these Anishinaabe people and like they're, they themselves are surprised because they have this perception about what an Anishinaabe person is supposed to look like. And it's like an, in, like an internalized stereotype that's probably a result from the conflict, like from the settlers coming and they pitted them against each other. And I feel like that's, some, that's like an issue from the short story that's really important to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. You don't hear too much about it. So it's nice that it raises awareness about it. Yeah, there's like a lot of internalized internalized racism in the society and like nobody really talks about it, but I think it's important to build like bring it up cuz like not just outright racism, but internalized racism is also really big. Yeah, that's really important. Well, like a story what part of the story that struck out to me like the most was like when Rose like died. Like what led up to this was that Rose and Lewis like met each other and they were both like really happy and they kind of like formed like a crush or something. But they met, they planned to meet up and Lo- uh, Lewis couldn't like uh, leave the school and, like because they planned to meet outside because he got caught by a nun, but Rose did leave. So you kind of like worry about her as like a reader and you're also like put into the perspective of Lewis and you feel hopeful as well. But it's like unfortunate when like, um, a quote came up which is like there's nothing to be done now you have to take her to her family bring her home lewis could see her profile as mr galboy's grabbed grabbed her body up into his arms her skin was pale as if she'd been rubbed just slightly with dust and her lips were pushed shut her eyes were glazed open everything seemed to stop then because you as so far in the story you see how lewis cared so much about her so you're like really surprised about this and like how can lewis like manage how can he like move on from this yeah i think it's like interesting how your author um decided to have like 
two perspectives of the story and it like builds more suspense because like you're you're reading the hopeful thoughts of Lewis and then you're just hoping like you're worrying about what's going to happen to her so I think that's interesting about your story yeah you really get to connect to the both characters yeah I, I agree because like you said how would Lewis be able to function because that's a traumatizing experience yeah Hannah what about you for me, um, what struck out to me was when um, the new to a new totem pole grew in the same spot, but this time it was screaming and crying. It seemed like it was mad and sad that the museum workers tried to remove it from the exhibit. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, like, reading all of your stories, like, would you guys recommend a sequel to the story based on another point of view, like another character in the story? Uh, so, yeah, I would recommend a sequel based on um, Rachel Grenier, who was, I guess, the fat girl that was always bullied. And the reason for this is because that girl, Rachel, was really quiet, and you didn't hear much about her throughout the story. But she was bullied. Her father died. And I guess she was having issues at home, too. And so I'd like to hear the story from her perspective and how she sees others. Yeah, and, like, what she was going through and, like, stuff at home because like the reader doesn't know exactly what happened right yeah and i guess that would help people sympathize with her yeah for me uh yes i would recommend a sequel because at the end of the story so they don't say like the antagonist or the protagonist's name but at the end um the girl he likes her name is ashley and she asks him what's your name again so i want to know the name and like you know the rest of the uh, stuff. Um, so that's why I would recommend a sequel. But another um, thing is that I would recommend a sequel from the antagonist point of view to see like his thought process because at the end he changed, you know, he's like, oh yeah, we have a do-over. So I just want to like know like what he was thinking throughout the whole um, event. And also I want to know more about the antagonist. So I have a quote for this. So he turned his attention to the tough guy on my left. And this has to be a new record for you. He proclaimed, this must be the earliest in the school in the school year you've paid me a visit. The kid turned his swollen eye away from the authority figure in front of us to look out the window. So like apparently um, they're basically saying that the antagonist has like been to the principal's office like so many times. I just want to know like his past and like, like, you know how some people have a really bad past, but like they change. So I just want to know like how bad his past was or how good it was. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree with the first thing you said, because in my story, the protagonist's name was never mentioned. And so if it was shown from a different point of view, maybe I'd get to learn her name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like I feel like um, learning it in the perspective of like Rachel, like I feel like the one who's being bullied and like the antagonist, you could like raise so much more awareness and learn more about like bullying and like maybe it might bring other others to stop bullying or also bring others to learn how to move on from like this kind of negative point of view as well. Yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend a sequel, Rita? I'm not sure if I recommend a sequel because um, you learn it in both the perspectives and it does have like a strong resolution in the end, although it kind of leaves it in the cliffhanger in the way because you just hope that Lewis continues like in this like uh, pathway of just like towards reconciliation. But like it did have a big time jump like in the in the middle of the story when like 
uh, he moved from the residential schools and then it moved to another time jump of like him having a family. So it'd be nice to see like in between of how he like moved forward and stuff like that, like that tough process. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't recommend a sequel for my book either because I feel like the author has already executed it so well. I think it gave a good insight about how Indigenous people are treated in Canada by comparing it to like how the totem pole felt when the museum employees removed it. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's time to wrap it up. But before we do, um, why, is it, why do you guys think it's important for other people to read your story? Um, I think for me, it's mainly because people could sympathize with the protagonist because it sh the, sh the whole story was basically the progression of this girl and how others around her were really different in the way they acted, the way they looked and stuff. And so I think a lot of people at our age especially could sympathize with like the girl. Maybe they've experienced some similar events that happened to her. Yeah. For me, I think it's important for like other people to read my story because like I know like no like a lot of people don't know about like indigenous people and stuff like unless you like take a course like we are right now but like um this story like lets people know races about the racism and also how it's like sewn into the like into kids minds like the racism is like in the kids and that's like not a good thing but i think it's um important to like spread awareness about that racism that's the cause for like all the events that's been happening with indigenous people yeah, and I completely agree with you. I don't think the racism starts from the kid. I guess it's the parents that don't educate yeah. kids properly. And so I think it's important to bring that like awareness to that topic. Yeah. Uh, well, I find my uh, book really important because it really conveys like uh, one of the messages like really important, like um, which was like about remembering drawing strength and like moving forward and focusing on the right events and looking at them the right and positive way. I find like this message can be lost at times and people just like continue just to like mourn, um, not mourn, but like um, just go into like this pit of just like sadness and just think that there's no way out. But hearing about Lewis, he did have his way out. He did have his reconciliation. He did move forward. And that really brings like hope to the reader for like any strategy, you can move past that. And I feel like that should be really heard. I feel like a lot of people just know like the sad part, but like mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know how they're fighting back. And like, I think it's important to know about that because they're not like extinct or something like they're still here and they're like fighting mm -hmm. for their justice. So I think that's important. Mm -hmm. It's like a story about resilience. Like everyone who went through it is like resilient in a way. And the ones who went forward, move forward are resilient too. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, I think it's important for people to read Totem because it's not only an interesting book to read, but a very informative one, too. I would recommend this to anyone who either wants to read it for their own enjoyment or to like deepen their understanding of Indigenous people and the abuse they went through. Mm -hmm. So I think all of our stories are good, but like I can't choose one. What do you guys think? I mean, I think everyone's stories are interesting and I'd love to read them in free time. To be honest, yeah. I want to read The Bee Fairy, but yeah. Yeah, I find all your stories interesting, but I found like Totem like really interesting too, because it was like, it took like um, the symbolism and like the whole, it really, it felt really unique. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. Mm -hmm. I think all mm -hmm. our stories just have like a very deep meaning behind it. 
So I think I would like take time to read all of our stories. Yeah. Okay, so thank you guys for listening and we'll see you on another episode of The Digital Dish. Thank you.